At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. These days are never easy. You know, it's very human um, times in a very public way. Had a conversation with the coach this morning. It was short, cordial. He's a gentleman, a true gentleman. Um, I then had a conversation with Steve Wilkes and uh, named him interim coach and had that conversation. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. One day after a week five loss to the San Francisco 49ers, the Panthers make a head coaching change. Matt Rule out along with defensive coordinator Phil Snow, assistant special teams coach Ed Foley out as well. Steve Wilkes named the interim head coach, former head coach for the Arizona Cardinals for one season, longtime D coordinator right here for the Carolina Panthers. Eugene, Jim, I remember walking away from the booth on Sunday and, and Jake DeLome and Luke Keekley sitting right next to me and you, you look out and you saw a sea of red, a lot of 49er fans out. The way the game played out, the way the offense fizzled in the second half, um, it, it was hard not to feel sort of this air of inevitability. It just felt like it was coming. It had been in the atmosphere. It was the noise. And then that was the signal. It felt like rock bottom. It did. It really felt like when the when the other fans have invaded your stadium. Wow. And sometimes you exaggerate. You go, it looks like half the stadium is the other team. It was at least half the, the stadium. It might have been more of red. And, um, yeah, the way the game played out, as you said, the injuries mounting, it just – instead of progress, it felt like regressing since the Saints win a couple of weeks ago, that it wasn't building towards something like, like patience was going to pay off in, in some form. It just feels like it's going the other way. So – now it's time to kind of in-season reevaluate. I think, to me, Coach Wilkes deserves a shot in this league. Did not get a true shot with Arizona. Exactly. With Sam Rosen, yep. who can't even make a roster in this league <laughs> as a starting quarterback. Um, so he gets that opportunity here. Charlotte guy, obviously, West Charlotte High School. Played at Appalachian State. Coach there, coached at uh, Johnson C. Smith. Long list of uh, NFL references along the way. Well-respected here. 
already internal, uh, being an interim coach, uh, coming in and having opportunity to put his stamp on this uh, this team and rearrange the defense a little bit too because Phil Snow also out uh, among the, the uh, moves that were made uh, in tandem with that today, Eugene. So I think it's um, it's the thing to do and uh, to get a fresh start and get an evaluation on uh, what a Steve Wilkes football team looks like before they move forward. And, and don't forget, when we started this season uh, – this was supposed to be the easiest part of the schedule. I mean, and you can't lose sight of that. I mean, it's the Browns, the Giants, the Saints, the Cardinals, and you go, okay, if we can go ahead and come 2-2 two and two or something like that, you go, okay, we're, we're making some headaches. And you're home. Yeah. And, four and four and out of five at home. And you're home. And I think being home with the loss, losses they suffered, hearing the chants of the fans, um, seeing how we lost, uh, almost end up in the first – half and then oh then we come along and, and and somehow revived in the in the second half I, I think all that played into what we saw today in in coach uh letting go letting go coach rule and don't forget what 11 and 27 mm-hmm. I mean so when you look at it in totality you know because he's a cool dude yeah I like him there's no doubt about that but we all know as football players and as coaches when you sign up for the NFL, that you are expendable. And this game is about winning. It really is. And then in this stadium, it just felt such a, like that was not going to be the, the, you know, that we weren't going to be able to to have that, to say that, yeah, we're, we're winning and, and we don't care about anybody else. It, it, and it's just kind of gone downhill. And you're going to lose fans and you're going to lose the people. You're going to lose the locker room if you continue to slide down and lose and not make a change. And I think you did. And, and Jim, week one, Cleveland, you looked around and there was excitement. It was palpable. There yes, were Panther was. fans. It was a home game. Sunday didn't feel like a home game. It felt like, hey, your home yard was invaded. And you mentioned four of the first five at home. That, that was a chance to – to build up currency with the fan base. That was a chance to win the fan base over. Yes, it you was. Know, you're three and two after this stretch. It's 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 totally different. And uh, you know, I'll say it. I know I'm the new guy. I, I enjoyed Matt Rule here. I enjoyed how he treated me. I enjoyed how he welcomed me as the new guy. Um, at the end of the day, though, as you said, it is a business. It's a business. It is a business. It's the NFL. Sean Payton was on with Colin Cowherd earlier today, and you know, was talking about how when. You know, he got the job at New Orleans and Gruden's at Tampa. John Fox is at Carolina. Jim Mora Jr. is at Atlanta. He said, hey, we know if you're not that team on top in the division, the other guys are only there for a few years, maybe two or three years. That's the reality of this league. And so Matt Rule is going to be okay. He's going to get a primo college job. It might be Wisconsin or Nebraska or Arizona State. He's going to get some Power 5 job, maybe even an Auburn. No doubt. Uh, there might even be a school out there that says, uh, we're not sure about our coach, but he's available. We want him, and he's going to do well. I think we all we all know that. But for the Panthers, yeah, these first five games I thought were critical, and I thought you you had to go probably yes. three and two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no worse than two and three. If you went two and three, maybe with an asterisk, but you're showing improvement, sure. Um, a- anything worse than that one and four, especially with this upcoming part of the schedule. You had San Francisco who – Played in the NFC Championship last year. Now you go play the Super Bowl champion Rams, who I know are struggling, and then you play Tampa Bay, who still has the ageless Tom Brady. And I think, you know, you've got some, you know, it still is about the players more than anything else. When you have talent, you can win. And so there are 
talents on this team on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and the special teams has probably been, the, honestly, the most consistent highlight of this team this year uh, beyond that. So you have to identify those pieces to move forward with and then fix the rest. And the big picture, Eugene, obviously, is the passing game has yet to come close, even in the one win uh, of the five games this year. Uh, there are times where you've run the rock pretty good with McCaffrey. He had back-to-back 100-yard games a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, they just, again, we talked about what's the identity of this offense. And it's like it's in a league of passing teams, and you don't have that. And, and that is it. not – it's been about the, the worst of the passing games of the 32 in the league. And don't forget uh, – and I've been harping on this maybe all since Coach Rules got here. Third down percentage. Third down percentage is a big deal. That is a big deal. And I think we are struggling somewhere around 24% in the game – uh, the other day we were at 20%. We've struggled offensively on third down percentage, and defensively we slowly gotten that number down where it's respectable. And I'm telling you, if you don't win third down, that means your defense is on the field, and that means the other offense is still putting up, you know, they, they get to control the clock, they get to control the clock, they get to control the narrative. And we were woeful, I thought, at third down. And so I would always say, Hey, the third down percentage, coach, third down percentage, because that's one of the barometers as a safety. I'm like, if we don't get off the field and we get this team another shot, be it penalty or be it, you know, what we we can't stop them, we're going to be out here for a long, long time, and they're going to end up putting a lot of points on us. Eugene Woeful doesn't even begin to say it. They've been, if we're being honest, historically bad on third downs. Yes. Last year, Detroit and Chicago were the two worst third down teams in the NFL. They converted it. A shade under 35%. The Panthers are at 24%. If that holds, it would be the lowest third-down conversion percentage by any team in 17 years. That's a, And that is amazing. And you can't move forward. I don't care what quarterback you got back there. It doesn't matter. If you can't win the third down, that means you're off the field. And that means as a defense, you go like this. Hold up. We're up already? I've, I've said that a number of times when I was in Seattle. Hold up. Punt team, what, hold up, wait a minute. Defense, we got to go back out there right now? And it wears on you. It wears on you. It wears on everyone. you got to be able to control the third down. And we 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 weren't good at it on offense. We just weren't good at it. So. No, it's um, – and there's, you know, there's all kinds of ways to convert third downs. They weren't always like third and 12s either. I mean, people no. look at third down, there was like a lot of third and short, two, three, manageable, things like that. You've got maybe the best running back in the league as far as being the multiplicity of what he provides out there, pass or catch. Um, you go for the two points, you run the ball up the middle for a yard, you can't get a yard to get the two-point conversion as an example of kind of in situational football where you're just not coming up. And we've never used the tight end. I mean, you've got to identify third-down weapons. Red zone, third down, you, most teams it's like it's a tight end, it's a slot receiver who just always, always gets open, always has the sure hands. We've just not identified those kind of bread-and-butter go-to situational plays that you got to make the other team take away from and, you. And you mentioned situational plays. Third down is always broken into uh, sections. It's third down and one to three, third down and four to six, third down and seven plus, and then third down and 11 plus, and then when it's over like 15, well, typically you don't got to play for that. you got to screen or something like that just to kind of get the ball and punt it out of there. You have a third down coordinator who monitors all that because typically that means the nickel, the dime, the different packages are going in the game on third down, which you, you know, you have so many different packages to for all those different scenarios. And we weren't able to win any of those, or we're somewhere at 24% collectively. That doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you know, this past week they had a third and short. They couldn't get it against the 49ers. They nope. had to punt it away. And you know, you can chalk that up and say, hey, listen, that's San Francisco defense, right? But what about the week before against Arizona? 
third and one. You run it, you don't get it. Fourth and inches, you run it. And don't get it. And you don't get it. And nobody's confusing that Arizona defense for the 49er defense. Absolutely. And and that's one of my points in here. And this maybe speaks to Steve Wilkes a little bit. In 2012 to 2017, that he was uh, – you had McDermott. He was a D.C. But Coach Wilkes was a third-down coordinator. He was – when I remember, I'm like, oh, that's right. He's, he's controlling third down. We were really good. We were very, very good on third down defensively. And there's no doubt about it. All the different packages you have to put in, the nickel, the dime, you know, you might put a penny package in there, and then sometimes you have to go to a, a short yarder situation. Well, he was a third down coordinator. I'm going, man, this, this dude is, uh, he knows what he's doing. And that's why he was able to get a shot with Arizona as a head coach, right, I we, thought. We have a lot more to get to on this show, a lot to talk about today. Um, the one item that we didn't miss, uh, that we did miss, Baker Mayfield is going to be out a couple of weeks, high ankle sprain. So just when. Everything starts over well, 15 minutes in the Panther talk. We mentioned the starting quarterback is out for a month. He does <laughs> yeah, a lot going I mean, on. That, like, that's when you know it's a busy day. Wow. So, head coach Matt Rule, defensive coordinator Phil Snow out. Baker Mayfield is hurt. There's injuries on the defensive side. We're going to hear throughout the show from David Tepper, the Panthers owner. We'll hear from JB Long. He's the Rams play by play man. He'll give us a sneak peek at what to expect this Sunday in Los Angeles. All that to come. On Panther Talk, this is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Eddie Schroff, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, it's Panther Talk. David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, addressing the media earlier today. And I know, you know the fan sentiment has been tilted in one direction for some time, and David Tepper had a message for the Panther fans. You know, football is a, is, is a funny, you know, funny business. Things take time, and, uh, um, you know, as, as, a, as a former fan, I don't want to hear that. I want an answer. I want to win today, and I don't care about anything else. And I understand that, and I want to win too. But I do think we have made some progress, and we will have – we will make future progress. I think uh, it's pretty reported out there that defense is, you know, has some respect for the defense. It's probably a top half of the league defense or better. I think the offensive line is probably the best offensive line we've had since I've been here. Um, can't get better, but I think that's probably fair to say. So I do think those are kind of foundation pieces. I think we have a lot further to go, and I think eventually we'll get over the hump. He used the word over the hump a lot during his press conference earlier this afternoon. And, and that's been the stumbling block. Um, micro and macro, Jim. From the micro, you look at the first three, four games. There were moments where it looked like Carolina could take control of the game against Cleveland late, against the Giants coming out of the gates in the second half, uh, against Arizona going into halftime. And yet that final hurdle in the fourth quarter, you know, the hump was too big to get over. So getting over the hump is a cliche, but another NFL cliche or any level of football cliche is that um, good teams find a way to win and bad teams find a way to lose. And we have found ways to lose. And whether or not Cleveland kicked a 58-yard field goal, well, maybe it needed to be a 68-yard field goal try because you you let them get some extra yards uh, with a penalty, whether you deserved it or not, just whatever the the situations are. So I think, you know, just – Bad teams tend to find a way to, to lose, and uh, you don't want to be one of those teams. And culture and confidence and those things are built only through winning. And I think the U.S. team, if they can string some wins together, that's we've seen it before. 
we lived through Jimmy Clausen. We lived through <laughs> you know, some dark days. Randy Fasani, you know, just you know, different guys coming through because of injuries and situations. And yes. we, you know, one in 15s and Did two in 14s. Vinny, uh, Vinny Testaverde at one point, too? Yeah, and that was the best thing we had that year. <laughs> yeah, Brian St. Pierre. Uh, Brian St. Pierre. So you just kind of, you know, you, you live through those times uh, and to uh, to rebuild and uh, and make progress. And he's right. There are things on defense, special teams, offense. A lot of things we talked about at the end of last year were offensive line, a defense that couldn't stop anybody, or just running like Miami, just running right through us and teams like that. There were a lot of things that were addressed and fixed. The problem is there's other problems, and it, it begins on the offensive side. And I think that's where you start. And, and, and I can hear maybe when you're talking about getting over the hump. What I hear is we chased after Teddy Bridgewater, we then went after Sam Darnold, then we had Cam Newton, there's P.J. Walker mixed in the thing, and oh, now we got Baker. That's only a span of two and a half years. And in two and a half years, that's the rotation of people. And now, what, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, got a concussion. Uh, Sam Donald's been hurt. Baker Mayfield is hurt with an ankle. Cam Newton's somewhere. Um, and, hell, P.J. Walker is the guy of the who looked like he wasn't going to even be on the team is now your guy that you have to go ahead and go with. So I can see why you're trying to get over the hump because the most important position to get over the hump is you got to have the quarterback. That position has to be sewn up because this is a quarterback-driven league. Stability at quarterback. You start looking around the league. The Bills are playing real well. They have it. The Patriots obviously had Brady for years. The Steelers, why did they contend for all those years? You had Roethlisberger. Right? The Colts when they had Peyton Manning. The Chiefs now with Mahomes. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers. The Saints when they had Drew Brees. When you have that guy. Your franchise is in some manner of contention yes. for as long as that guy's there. May not be a Super Bowl team every year, but you are in some manner of contention when you have that guy. And really, since you know Cam Newton slipped out of his prime, the Panthers have not had that we, guy. We have not had that guy, and I think that we've been searching for that guy, and that's why we can't get him. And I will say, we talk about complimentary football, coaching impacts that too. Jameis Winston as a Saint under Sean Payton versus Jameis Winston as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Two very different looking players. Absolutely. So, again, it's a collaboration of player and coaching the combination. Like it. That's well, well said. This broadcast roundtable has been brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with Tri Clean Sitco Gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. Let's move forward together. Steve Wilkes will be the interim head coach when we come back. We'll talk about what to expect with Steve Wilkes, why he was named the interim head coach, and does he have a chance to be maybe a long-term answer as the Panthers head coach? All that on Panther Talk here on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. We have one win under our belt, but we just have to play a complete game. You know, we, we have to, to build that confidence. Um, I hate to say it's the same message that we've been preaching, but it is. It's it's not the end of the world. We have to find a way, find a way to win, and then just stack them up one week at a time, one play at a time. And so that's the mentality. Um, obviously, we have a lot to get fixed to, to get to that point. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look at the tape, um, try and get as many people as healthy as possible before we head out west. Back to Anish Roff, Eugene Robinson, and Jim Zoki with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We welcome in former Panthers quarterback, Carolina Panthers radio analyst, Jake DeLome. Jake, uh, you, I, Luke Keekley, we called the game yesterday. We saw the optics with a lot of the 49er fans there. Um, 
when that final horn sounded, um, there was sort of this sense of inevitability, wasn't there? It certainly seemed that way. And as much as it, uh, you know, it hurts. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, I knew Matt. To say I knew him well, that's not the case. Um, and a lot was due to COVID. Um, his first year was the COVID year, and last year there was still the tears. And so I got to know him a little bit. Um, but you still feel for him. I mean, the guy came in and um, took on a challenge and uh, tried to hit it head on. And, and listen, the results weren't there on the field. I think we all saw that. I think Matt Matt has even said that. Um, and it, 11 and 27, uh, I believe, is his record or uh, is the record that um, – this team has had and um you know i think yesterday when you saw a sea of 49er fans uh in the stadium that's um it's not a good look i I don't think there's any any other way around it um you hurt for um matt and and who knows what happens as it goes on but uh this is the nfl and there's one of 32 in each and it's very simple there are hard jobs um there's turnover every year and it's um it comes with the territory. Yeah, no doubt. When, when you're in the building and you're at practice and at training camp and you get to know these folks, and you know, certainly I know I'm the new guy, but Rule was very good to me and, and was very welcoming to me. But you're right. It is a business, and at the end of the day, your record is your one-loss record, and ultimately that wasn't good enough, especially here in, in year three. You know, the offense, the quarterback position, the instability there, do you think that was the ultimate undoing? Well, I mean, I think if you're going to pinpoint, I don't think there's one thing you can pinpoint, but that would be a major one that you'd have to say. Um, You know, you go from Teddy, Bridgewater, then you go to Sam, um, and then now with Baker, and it just, um, just offensively, it just, it hasn't flowed. You know, it, um, it just hasn't. We haven't scored enough points. It's very simple. And uh, we're ranked at the bottom of, of the NFL right now in, in offense. And um, that's something that we discuss week in and week out. Um, our third down production, our time of possession, which did improve yesterday, but it is what it is. And um, I don't think we can run away from the fact that um, more production out of the offense needs to be had, um, especially right now for this team moving forward. And uh and ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Um, the head coach and the quarterback, they get kind of lumped in together. And, you know, Matt's on his third different starting quarterback um, in his third year. So um, just the results haven't been there, and um, a move has been made. And so now Steve Wilkes get a, gets a chance to uh, come in, and he'll probably change some things, you would assume, and see if he can kind of uh, maybe get this team going in the um, – in another direction. We're talking with Jake DeLome, former Panthers quarterback, Panthers radio analyst, and Steve Wilkes has been named interim head coach. Matt Rule likely will land one of the top college jobs out there, and he will probably be very successful like he was at Temple and he was at Baylor. But uh, I'll get into Wilkes in just a moment, but the the quarterback position, Jake, for Steve Wilkes going forward here, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be out at least a few weeks. Uh, We saw him in a boot yesterday after the game at the press conference, leaving the stadium in the parking lot. I saw him again in a boot. He said, I'll be okay. Don't worry. But it looks like it's going to be at least a few weeks, and Sam Darnold is hurt. Matt Corral is out for the season. Right now, P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason on the practice squad. That's all the depth you have for a team that struggled at the quarterback with a healthy Baker. 
Yeah, the NFL is ruthless sometimes. Uh, there's no no other way around it. It's uh, We saw when Baker got hurt yesterday. Um, you could tell he was in pain. You, uh, I think it's proven. Uh, toughness is not something that you worry about with Baker. Uh, not sure how long he'll be out, and I truly believe he'll be back sooner uh, than, I guess, a timetable that eventually will be given out. But uh, it's nobody's going to wait around. Uh, they're not going to postpone this game uh, in Los Angeles this weekend. So P.J. obviously will be the guy. You would assume that Jacob will have to um, get a jersey and, and be ready to go. Um, and that's, that's the NFL. If something happens el- uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm not so sure. But that's the hand we're, de- we're dealt right now. Um, that's what happened in New York yesterday. Bridgewater's out. They're yeah. playing a rookie from Kansas yeah. State. Um, that that's the only other guy, next man up. And so it's a um, – I'm sure P.J. will look forward to the challenge. He's been here all, all off season. was able to play a few snaps yesterday. I understand it was in the uh, – late in the game and prevent defense and things of that nature. But he'll go in and as a starter, I believe he's 2-0 as a starter for the Panthers. So I'm going to try to find some positive and uh, maybe, that's, maybe that's some positivity we can take going into uh, L.A. Jake, Steve Wilkes has had a run as a head coach one season at Arizona. He had a successful tenure earlier with Carolina as the D coordinator on some really strong teams, including one that went to the Super Bowl. What do you think he brings now as the interim head coach? Well, listen, I don't think – I think Steve had a raw deal in Arizona. I'll be very honest with you. I think he was a hell of a coach and talking to ex-players, and I know Luke Keekley was one of them. They love Steve, Steve Wilkes, the coach, the man – um, and so I think he'll, um, he'll try to maybe shake things up, you would assume, and, uh, and hopefully he's himself, and, and he's just – he coaches and, and he leads these men. And so um, I'll say it again. I think he had an extremely raw deal in Arizona. And um, so now's a, an opportunity, albeit not the type of opportunity as a head coach you want to have, but listen, this is it. So he's going to lead this team and see if he can get this team moving in the right direction. And, and who knows what happens at the end of the season and things like that. Uh, the direction that Mr. Tepper and Scott Fitterer grow to uh, find a head football coach. And um, now he's got a chance to, uh, to get a banged up football team. That's what we have right now. We have a banged up hurt yeah. football team and um, he's going to, he's going to lead these men. And remember Steve Wilkes has some built up currency with Panther fans, with this community. He's a Charlotte guy. He's an App State guy. Yeah, if he runs with this opportunity a little, Jake, it sounds like you think at the very least he's got to be in consideration long-term too then. Well, I mean, it all depends on how this all plays out. But, I mean, if he can get something turned around, I, I would think you have to. And and now it's the perfect time because you're going to have an owner and a GM that's going to be in a building with him every single day for the next two, three months to be able to watch how he leads the team. So um, it's, it's an opportunity for him. You want to say, oh, it's a great opportunity. It's a difficult opportunity. But you know what? Uh, sometimes when you get put with these difficult opportunities and you make the most of it, um, good things can happen. So um, I, I'm hopeful for him. I really like him, one, as a person, but also as a football coach. Uh, he seems like he's a steady hand a steady guy, and uh, there's an intenseness uh, about him. He, he, he kind of has this intensity about him. You kind of see it in his eyes. You see it in, in his demeanor. So um, uh, I'll, be, I'll be anxious. I'm anxious for, uh, for us to play. Jake, I'll leave you with this. This is October 10th, Monday, October 10th. It's not January 10th or February 10th 
when a coaching change is being made. So put yourself in that locker room, a midseason coaching change. You're about to go to L.A. to play the defending Super Bowl champions. How does this affect the players in the building? I think – and I went through one coaching change in my life um, with the New Orleans Saints. But I do know this. When there's a coaching change, when a new guy comes in, they want their own guys. Yes, they do keep some of the players, absolutely. But they're going to put their own spin. And there's no allegiance. They're, they're not tied to somebody. So every one of these players, this is a showcase for the Carolina Panthers of 2023 and for every other NFL team in 2023. And I know John Fox. I remember John Fox saying when he took over the Carolina Panthers in 2001, the first thing he did when he got in his office, he turned on the last game of the season from the um, 2000, and 2000 season when the Panthers went 1-15. and And he watched that game because they were 1-14. They had nothing whatsoever to play for. But he wanted to see who gave great effort, who wanted to be there, who admits something to him. And that was, that was what he wanted to see. So you're constantly making an impression. So if you're thinking it's the last game of the season, some, if you've gone nowhere, like coaches go back and look at that. I mean, the, the big eye in the sky never lies. And this film, and everybody's going to get filmed. So all these players, you're auditioning for your job for the rest of this year with the Panthers and next year with the Panthers and or any other NFL team. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week here in Charlotte. And, again, you fly out to the West Coast, you take on a struggling Rams team, but they are still the Super Bowl champions. They still have Cooper Cup. They still have Aaron Donald. They still have Matthew Stafford. Jake, appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks when Tampa comes to town. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's always difficult in these type of situations, Anish. You know, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's hard. You're talking about it's more than just football, but – this, this NFL game is a hard game, and it's very rewarding, and it's disappointing at times. And we're in one of those lulls right now, and so a uh, change is made, and we'll see where the uh, Panthers can go from here. Thanks, Jake. Take care. Panther Talk continues after this. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Welcome back. Anish Raf, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson here on Panther Talk. Carolina hits the road after a three-game homestand. They'll take on the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions at SoFi Stadium. We'll get into all the other things going around the Panthers in our next segment. No Baker Mayfield, Steve Wilkes, first game as the interim head coach. But let's get a little scouting report on this week's opponent. We bring in J.B. Long, play-by-play voice for the L.A. Rams and uh, JB Super Bowl hangover is what we hear. This offense uh, in in some quicksand. I know you know the folks on the Panthers end are saying, "Hey, don't don't throw rocks when you live in a glass house." But what's going on with this Rams offense? Well, Anish, Jim, Eugene, good to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, we could probably carry this for the rest of your show and still not get to the bottom <laughs> of the list. But uh, I'll just give you one example. Their starting center last week, uh, Jeremiah Colone, is a fine young man. Just had a nice chat with him. That was his first NFL start. That came six days after his first NFL snap. Uh, that came 
a year after he was in the San Diego Police Academy uh, pursuing other professional wow. opportunities. Who's doing your scouting? Uh, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's not usually where you look for the middle of your pass protection nor your run scheme, but that's the depths of the two deep uh, that the Rams have fallen to on their offensive line, and I do think that's the crux of the matter. That's not where the story ends, but especially against teams like San Francisco and Dallas who have two of the best defenses and especially the most ferocious pass rush in the NFC, uh, it's been on front street here for the Rams the last couple of nights. So has that also affected the maybe the demeanor uh, the skill level of Stafford. I mean, not only from the the run, but also the fact that he's been hit a lot of times and he's been sacked. So has that? Have you seen any effects of that? Um, Long term effects of why this offense is struggling. You know, it's interesting because as you may have read or seen, he did not throw during the offseason program, and then he was on a pitch count during training camp. And so, if at one of those junctures, you had said, "Hey, the Rams are going to be two and three when they host the Carolina Panthers, and they're going to be one of the most underperforming offenses in the National Football League. How come? I think it would have been natural to assume that it was because of Matthew Stafford's elbow and health. I can honestly say that's not been it. Like, I've seen him make some dazzling throws on and off platform, every arm angle. I don't see any lapse in velocity or accuracy. I think it really has to do with the walls caving in around him. Now, There's other elements, too, whereby the move for Allen Robinson and free agency has not yet borne fruit. Uh, Cooper Cup really is operating what seems to be like a one-man passing offense at this point. So they're a bit thin in terms of weapons, um, but Matthew Stafford's health I I don't think is is necessarily why they've lapsed, although I I will agree with you that when he's being sacked more than he has at any point in his 14-year NFL career, including some winless seasons with the Detroit Lions, yeah, uh, longevity becomes a, a real concern. That that much is true. Hey, JB, it's Jim. First of all, thank you for Austin Corbett and Johnny Hecker, and you may not have them back. And I was going to ask you about Allen Robinson. Why he's, he's a pro, he's been a good player in this league for a while. Why is it not translating so far as a ram for him? Jim, how much did you say you wanted for Austin and, <laughs> and Johnny coming to you? No. Priceless. Those are two of my favorites. Um, I'm very happy for them and their families uh, to have found a a new home and a great one in Carolina. I wish them all the best. Uh, I think both things can be true of Allen Robinson. I think he has um, not maybe executed to his level of expectation, nor that the Rams thought they were going to get from him. But I also think he's been a victim of circumstance whereby because of the pass protection issues we've documented, you know, he's often – the single opposite trips, right? He's running uh, the number three route in the progression. He's the backside dig, and Matthew Stafford, truthfully, just doesn't have time to get there. Um, It's more than that, but I think at its most simplistic level, a lack of separation, not winning consistently enough to earn the eyes and the trust and the targets of Matthew Stafford, um, but also the fact that the Rams just aren't getting to quadrants of their plays and their play sheet that they expected to get to. Um, it's been totally undermined by what's happening up front. Uh, I can, without giving you specific names, I think safely anticipate that when you guys arrive at SoFi Stadium next week, the Rams will be starting their sixth different offensive line combination in as many weeks. And, and, and JB, I want to stay right there. Because of the rushing attempts, I'm looking at 62 yards. Typically, this uh, this uh, uh, this team 
can run the ball. At least historically, they've been able to run the ball. And when you can't run the ball, it spells trouble for your passing game and trouble for the running game when you just load the box and say, okay, beat me. Okay, Cooper Cup, beat me. Beat me, Stafford. It's going to be hard to beat me. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And where it's most pronounced is in the red zone. When the field gets condensed, the Rams just have not proven an ability to forget, like, get chunk plays. Like, they can't move chains and they can't punch it in with their running game, which is disappointing because I think they had two capable candidates in Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers um, who have under-delivered, I would say. And and everything is interrelated, right? You, you pass protect with 11, you run with 11. So, it's unfair to just put it on, on those individuals. But I think you're right that when they have not been able to protect Stafford with their offensive line, your next option is, well, can you protect him with your play calling? Can you be stubborn enough to run the football, even if it means punting and playing defense? And the defense has been holding up inside of the mm-hmm. bargain. But I think Sean McVay is between a rock and a hard place where he can't in good conscience turn around and hand it off to a running game that just not, has not been able to execute. Um, as opposed to taking his chances with his Super Bowl-winning quarterback. JB and Ishir, where's the help that's potentially on the way here for Matthew Stafford in this offense? Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could say at the AAA level or um, <laughs> you know somewhere else in the recruiting process, but those are not the realities that we live within, are they? And I know they're familiar ones, uh, to yourself and and the Carolina fan base and really all 32 NFL communities. Uh, I think the the biggest um, sign, the biggest thing to point to would be the bye week, which is week seven for the Rams and probably felt like it was too early when the schedule was released, but now do they ever need it? I do think reinforcements are on the way both internally and potentially from the outside in, uh, but that's going to take some time. I don't think any of those levers can necessarily be pulled in time for a solution this week. Uh, They might shuffle the the chairs around a little bit, but I think the personnel that you've seen is largely going to be what you catch again on Sunday. Uh, So we might see a lot of field goals on Sunday. That's what he's saying. Oh, my goodness. Not the 12-9. Okay. (laughs) We've already been through that. Yeah, we've already been through that. Uh, JB, appreciate you. We'll uh, see you on Sunday, and and thanks for joining us here on Panther Talk. Yeah, I'm bumper to bumper here on the 405, so if you guys need anything next segment, feel free to call <laughs> I said good day, sir. We look forward to that, too. We have a, we have a police escort, don't we? There we go. Right, yes, we that's do. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we miss L.A. traffic. That's, that's going to be hmm. money. Uh, Panther Talk rolls on. After this, we'll talk about Steve Wilkes. What's up for him as the interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network? Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. With Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson, and Ishraf here on Panther Talk. Steve Wilkes today was named interim head coach. Matt Rule out. Defensive coordinator Phil Snow out. Baker Mayfield is going to miss some time with a high ankle sprain. And David Tepper, the Panthers owner, addressed the media earlier today. He explained why Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach. Look, it's good to have somebody internally that's familiar with the team and, you know, with the uh, people in the building, so to speak. Um... Steve is uh, a leader of men. He has experience as a head coach. Um, um, and I thought uh, he's the best candidate you know, in the building for that role. One of the things that he brings, obviously, is a callback to days when things were better, when he was a defensive coordinator under Ron Rivera when the Panthers were going to the Super Bowl. Right now, given where the fan base was at, that's no small thing. 
No, it's not, and it's uh, it's not going to be easy, by the way, either. You go on the road to play a Rams team that uh, we just talked with JB about that is off a of Super Bowl, looking to get back to that form, so they're going to give you their best shot, of course. Uh, but uh, Steve has been through it before, but uh, we'll see what the defensive injuries look like as they move on, first of all, that uh, were from last week. Quarterback is going to be a big thing. PJ and who else will be uh, in that quarterback room that are healthy with uh, your first two options gone and Matt Corral gone for now. And um, so there's um, – you know, again, the cupboard is not bare, uh, but uh, you now have to put together a game plan, be an overseer, uh, change at defensive coordinator. So there's a, there's a lot of things systematically, Eugene. So while there is some continuity about a guy in the building who knows people, a lot of changes when, when you make that, that kind of move from the positions coach now to becoming uh, the head coach. And then the problem continues to be the passing game. And, you know, how, how quickly can that be fixed? And, again, pre- preaching, uh, preaching patience. That is not something that's going to mm-hmm. be fixed overnight based on what we've seen so far. And I think the good thing about Steve is that he's not going to shy away from it. He's not going to shy away and not be and not be afraid to address what issues need to be addressed. He's not he's not he's not that guy. He's an upstanding guy and he, he can get in your face. And so he he's he's not going to shy away. And I think also, you know, not having a shot, a legitimate shot in Arizona and now having a shot now, I think that coach is primed to make make the most of this opportunity. I really think so. We already know the hand he's dealt. You know, we, we we see the hand that he's dealt, and so we know that there's a lot that he has to sift through. But given the hand that he's dealt, I still think that he said, okay, you give me this hand, I think I can play this hand. I think that's what he's saying. Uh, David Tepper was asked about just that. Does Steve Wilkes have a chance to be the head coach if all goes well? There's a lot of season left, and we'll see how the season goes. Um Ultimately, he's, you know, in a position to be in consideration for that position. I had a talk with Steve. No promises were made. and uh, But obviously, if he does an incredible job, he's have to be in consideration for that. Well, the audition begins Sunday. It is. Against the L.A. Rams. All right, we got more to do here on Panther Talk. We'll come back. Eugene, Jim, Anish, standing by. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Final segment of Panther Talk. Jim, Anish, and Eugene. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. No matter if you're injury-prone, weekend warrior, a parent of a child needing orthopedic care when things look bad, choose better. And for the Panthers, uh, J.C. Horn being evaluated for a hip injury. Baker Mayfield getting an MRI on uh, what uh, was reportedly a high ankle sprain. That'll keep him out for a couple of weeks. We'll get further details, honestly, on Wednesday, probably as far as the latest on those. Ortho Carolina, a better choice and official team position of the Carolina Panthers. A lot of speculation on what happens next with the Carolina Panthers. Folks are already out there speculating that some of the stars could be trade candidates with the deadline coming up next month. Do you tank the season and try to get a high draft pick? You start to hear all that. and I want to play for you the clip that David Tepper said earlier when he was asked about you know winning now versus playing for the draft and maybe even trading away assets. Listen, there's no 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 way that every day you can't go in with a winning attitude. And, you, and and there's no other way to be. You have to try to win all the time. You have to try to win for the players, you have to try to win for the fans. And yes, I understand what it is, you know, about draft picks and getting quarterbacks and stuff like that. And I understand the importance of quarterbacks in this league. But you have to try to win always. And you're absolutely right. You got to try to win. You don't forget, you got an offensive line that you retooled. You got a lot of parts that's there. You need to go ahead and get another part, which is a quarterback, in my opinion. 
I mean, that that, that guy, whether that's Baker coming off or Sam, you got to have a guy. It's a quarterback-driven lead, but you got to have that guy quarterback. No or doubt about it. P.J. Walker this Sunday. Oh, P- oh, you will have P.J. Walker this Sunday to go ahead. And I think – Played Co- well at Arizona yeah, last year. I know. Year, and, and Coach Wilkes will go ahead and, and try to protect him, but also get him out in situations where he can flourish. Eugene, you know this. When you have a new coach, it's an audition not just for Steve Wilkes here for these final 12 games. It's an audition for that entire 53-man roster. Absolutely. Everybody's auditioning. Your job is <laughs> your job is on the line right now. All right. The Carolina Panthers take on the L.A. Rams. A lot went down today. Baker Mayfield is injured. He's out two weeks with a high ankle sprain. <clears throat> Matt Rule out as head coach. We'll see what transpires this weekend. This has been Panther Talk. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.